Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Happy New Year, everyone. Today we are catching up about our Christmas breaks, what we read and what we got up to because it's been two weeks. Yep, and we're feeling very rested. So it's now time to look ahead to 2022 and what we're excited to read. There are so many good books coming out this year. Happy New Year, Lauren. Happy New Year, Jessica. Loving the vibe, loving the energy. (laughs) Start as you mean to go on. (laughs) Um, how was your Christmas break? It was lovely. Thank you. Um, I managed to be about the only person in London not to catch the Rona, but sadly some of my Christmas guests did. But honestly, the daily Latifloe roulette was a roller coaster. Every day (laughs) you'd be like, I don't even have symptoms, but this could be the day. And it was like the scariest 15 minutes ever. Yeah. And my nose is like desensitized from all the swabbing now so even if you did have it you wouldn't know if you'd lost a sense of smell because <laughs> you've swabbed too hard exactly how was your Christmas break yes it was had a long good. time off as well yeah two weeks slight mistake now that I'm about to go back to work and I'm dreading it but um yeah, yeah I think I'm going to do it every year so I went on a little few nights away before at the very beginning of the Christmas break and then it means that when you get home you're like, oh my God, I don't have to go back to work because now it's going to be Christmas yeah. and I've got more time oh, That's off. a nice little Christmas tradition. Yeah, it was great. Um, so we went to stay in a cabin in the woods up York and very eye-opening for me. <laughs> if, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't sure before, I am very much a city girl. Um, <laughs> in this cabin, there's like squirrels and pheasants running around the roof and I was like, oh, I don't like it. And also there was absolutely no phone service whatsoever and I didn't yeah we learned that the hard way didn't we We learned that the hard way and I really didn't realize like what what was became apparent I was like oh my god if something happens yeah like in an emergency you thought I can't even do anything and I was like what if it's not a pheasant or a squirrel running around the roof and I was like this is really bizarre (laughs) for like to feel this vulnerable purely because I don't have phone service like, yeah, I mean, imagine what they used to have to do. Oh my god, it doesn't bear thinking about. <laughs> but it was nice in some parts to then just be like, no distractions. I'm going to read, but then you know, had something happened, you know, got so a maybe Lisa Jewell should go and stay in your cabin in the woods. She might get some inspo for her next book. Fuck me, yeah, she might scare the life out of herself, like I did while I was there reading the book. <laughs> well, did you get any reading done when you were there? Well, Lauren, I took oh, big old cloud of story coming with me. Yeah. So earlier in the year, I read All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Joa. Everybody loves it, and I really enjoyed it. And he'd recently mm-hmm. brought out Cloud Cuckoo Land, which is 600 pages. It's set in three different time zones and is told by five points of view. That's a lot to deal with. And I was quite struggling and I was like, I'll take it to this cabin. So mm-hmm. even without any phone service, I did not complete the book. I put it back on my shelf. And then, and then Obama recorded it as one of his of the year. And I was like, oh, if Obama likes it, I'm going to try again. And now it's just back on my shelf. I will come back to it one day, but now's not my time for Cloud Cuckoo Land. It's driving me crazy. Maybe as an audio then? I think 
that would be worse because of the three timelines and five points. Of view. Oh, yes. Good point. Like, I think Good I point. need to see with my eyes who we're currently talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you read anything else when you were there then, if you had to put that one back? Yes. So this is, again, probably a mistake because of it being me. Um, I was in a bookshop in the lead up to going and I saw Pine by Francine Toon. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to stay in a cabin in the woods. This is set in a these uh, father and daughter live in the woods, basically in a pine forest. I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to take that with me. And I didn't realize the book was going to be a bit quite so creepy. There's, um, it's about an 11 year old girl and she lives with her dad and yeah. her mother went missing like a decade ago. And in the book, then people start seeing her. And then it's like, as soon as they see her, they completely, the mother. Yeah, they completely forget about it. And I was like, is she a ghost? Is this supernatural? Oh, I'm in a cabin in the woods with no service. Like maybe I shouldn't read this anymore. This so, sounds like a book for me. Yeah. Well, it really freaked me out. So I stopped reading it while I was there and then came home and I had so many jobs to do to host Christmas day that I switched to audiobook. And then that good was good. Idea. It was read by a Scottish narrator and it's set in Scotland. So that was still very, still an immersive experience, but without the fear factor. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have you been reading? You've been on a bit of a roll with your reading, Lauren. I have. I have. I One book that actually I think really deserves mention is a book called Single Revolution by Shani Silver. And I put this on our stories that I was reading it over Christmas and so many people replied saying, oh my God, this sounds brilliant. So I just think, oh, it was just a game-changing read for me. And any single gals who listen to this podcast, I would say this is a must read. And in fact, I'd say it's a must read for people who are in relationships too. I've listened to her podcast for a while. It's called A Single Serving. Um, and it's all about just um, changing the narrative around what it means to be single. And her book is essentially all of the great conversations and perspectives that she's raised on that podcast over the last couple of years into a nicely written book. And it's a series of essays. And it's not a self-help book. I want to make that clear. It's it's about why we need to change the narrative around what it means to be single and like this sort of societal expectations that people put on being in a relationship and I just loved it like her style of writing is excellent she's really blunt she's really sarcastic it's not a soppy book about learning to love yourself and being happy on your own or anything like that it's they're just parts which I imagine will make a lot of single women feel really seen and reassured um and just like acknowledge how that it's yeah it's really fucking annoying when at family gatherings your aunts and uncles all they ever want to do or all they want to know about your life is if you're seeing anyone as opposed to how's your job going what's new with you like instead of just making that the only question of importance for particularly for women in their 30s so it just sort of raises those things that maybe a lot of women have been mildly pissed off about for a really long time but it's not really been spoken about in this sort of format so did it piss you off reading it like did it um did it make you like oh god it's so annoying when that happened or were you like no it didn't it just made me laugh and think okay thank god it's not just me who gets annoyed by that (laughs) um and it's and it is wrong that and it is annoying like don't get me wrong I don't think, you know, that question is 
a bad question to ask someone but it's just for me particularly at family gatherings if that's the only question you're going to ask about yeah. then you can go and fucking do one because my life is much more interesting than my status. yeah well, it's basically like saying we don't care about anything else to do with the life apart from if there's a whole other person like when yes. you break it down like that's exactly. rude <laughs> Um, so she gives you like really good, um, like punchy answers that you can give the next oh, time somebody asks nice. you. Nice. Have you got an example? Like um, one of them is, she's like, well, um, I think one of them is like, I don't know, Karen, how the fuck are you married? Or something like that. <laughs> and things, and just like really blunt answers. Um, and there was one, uh, I forget what the really good one is, like the serious one is, but um, honestly, you should just go and read it. Um, there's one quote, actually, I do want to, I think, nicely summarises her approach to singlehood. And she said, singlehood isn't a problem any more than being in a relationship is a solution. And that's really, in a nutshell, her approach to mm. um, single, being single or in a relationship. So... Hi, Reco from me. Mm, I bet it would be a great audiobook. Mm. I think the audiobook is coming out in March next year. Fabby. I'm going to look out for it on Borrowbox, <laughs> which I still need to use. All- so, listeners, I've been having this problem, very first world problem. Audible, right? So, I signed up to Audible. That's where I used to listen to all my audiobooks. And if you cancel your Audible subscription, you lose the credits you've built up and so I've got four That's credits so I've got four credits waiting to be used I'm not about to cancel my audible but equally I have an entity <laughs> so I just keep getting more and more credits maybe I'll just get it on audible and use up one of these credits yes yeah. might be a good idea oh dear um what else did you read I'm very glad that you found that book and that you loved it so Thank much you. I can't wait to see your review um what else I have also read Olga Dies Dreaming, which in fact we both read, didn't we? We both read this one. Yes, I it's, just finished it. Oh, it's by an author called Zochil Gonzalez. And well, shall I drop the synopsis? Should we start oh, from there? If you could, thanks so much. <laughs> it's 2017, and Olga is a wedding planner for Manhattan's elite and her brother Prieto is a popular congressman representing their gentrifying Latin neighborhood in Brooklyn. Despite their alluring public lives behind closed doors things are far less rosy. Sure Olga can orchestrate the love stories of of the one percent but she can't seem to find her own until she meets Mateo who forces her to confront the effects of long-held family secrets. 27 years ago their mother Blanca a young lord turned radical abandoned her children to advance a militant political cause leaving them to be raised by their grandmother now with the winds of hurricane season Blanca has become has come barreling back into their lives and it's set against the backdrop of New York City in the months surrounding the most devastating hurricane in Puerto Rico's history Olga Dies Dreaming is a story that examines political corruption familial strife and the very notion of the American dream all whilst asking what it really means to weather a storm what a synop. I mean, what a book. It literally covers so much. It covers Relationships, so much. careers, politics. Like- and like we've said before, <laughs> great, great um, blurb because it does. it's exactly that, yeah. isn't it? There's yeah. no lies. There's no beating around the bush. Yeah. You know what you're in for. 
Um, I absolutely loved this book. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. And I've, I, I should say I found the first 20 to 25 pages a bit slow. So anyone who does pick it up after this, just bear that in mind. There's a lot of talk about napkins that. However, <laughs> I didn't find it slow. I was so did into you know? the napkin chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see um, why you would, though, because it really is a lot about that. It, it was a lot. Um, but after that, it did really pick up pace for me. And I read it really quickly. And I just really liked Olga as a main character. And I think her journey throughout the book was just incredible and really believable because she does go through quite a dramatic change from the start to the end of the book in terms of like what her values are, who she is as a person. But it wasn't it was really believable Like that journey was just done really expertly, like the way you sort of saw into her mind and her and how her opinions and perspectives changed very gradually. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, definitely. She's she's such a hustler and she made me yes. want to like go out and make money and do more. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, she's an event. She she's a wedding planner and I'm an events manager. So I was like loving that whole side of things. And she's also she does it for Manhattan's elite and the events that I do are for high net worth. So like I did draw a lot yeah. of comparisons to her and I love that like she never, she always had her own morals, but then she'd yeah. be like, but I need a paycheck. And like she yeah. always had her morals. They were never compromised, but she was able to like still earn a living in a way that other people would assume that she wouldn't want to. Yes. Um, and I loved that she had really strong opinions as well. Yeah. And yeah. owned those opinions. She was great. And I read it. I'd recently gone um, my first cinema trip since 20, since pre-pandemic. Yeah. And I saw the new West Side Story, which is um, by Steven Spielberg. And I think because of recently seeing that, and of course, I mean, if you yeah. haven't seen West Side Story, it's about the divide between the Puerto Ricans and the white New Yorkers. And then like, I didn't realize West Side Story was about that. Just like Yeah. Me. So it's Romeo and Juliet retelling. Um, God's so like, oh, interesting. Uh, white New Yorker man meets Puerto Rican now living in New York. Yeah. Girl, and like the war between their groups. Wow. I can really see how you've drawn those comparisons yeah. between that and <laughs> Olga Dice Dreaming. It's, that's brilliant. Yeah. And was it, it good? And it is really good. It's really long. Um, <laughs> it's just you know they. I feel like I've just missed the '90s when films were an hour and a half. Like, oh, now you're yeah, like, let's how long back. is this? Um, <laughs> but it was really good. The casting was amazing. Maria was so believable as Maria. Really, like really young looking, the most amazing singing voice to sing songs like "I Feel Pretty." Um, like so good. Um, Anita also fabulous. I very much pictured Olga as the actress that plays Anita because of seeing oh, the film okay. recently. Oh, I really want to <laughs> look at the look at who this actress is now. It is, it is really good, but like you're in for a long ride. Yeah. And it felt long. You know, sometimes when I watched Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, I don't want this to end. Oh my god, I'm really? enjoying it so much, even though it was like three hours. But this one, I was like, let's wrap it up, guys. Keep <laughs> you it could cut that. Cut that scene. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not needed um oh, that's really interesting because when I was reading Olga Dies Dreaming I was re- thinking this would work really well as a film um because there's like you've got two very compelling main characters in Olga and her brother and it sort of navigates 
the challenges they have at work and and in their personal lives, but there's also that overarching political narrative as well, which was done so brilliantly in the book. And I imagine it would be amazing to see played out on the big screen as well. Yeah. And just before I move on, um, I won't go into too much detail and I won't give away any spoilers, but there is also one sort of theme in the book around sexual identity of one of the characters. And I just think it was handled so beautifully. Um, there's a moment where this character looks back on their upbringing and realizes that although they weren't raised being told that gay was necessarily a bad thing, it was just overtly clear in their upbringing that the opposite sex was quote unquote good. Um, and I just, I, I, found, I found that storyline really, um, just really touching. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And actually, it would be such a good adaptation, but I almost feel like because there's so many storylines and there isn't a clear beginning, middle and end, it would mm. be a great series. And there could be like, oh, yeah, you've actually a whole there. episode that's dedicated to this character and like a look back on. Yes. And also journey. like a whole episode dedicated to the mum yeah. and like what's going on in Puerto Rico and, and yeah. the hurricane. Um, we're onto something there, Jess. We could really we go on about this book for a very long time, but mm. it comes out on the 6th of Jan, which is any day now. So it's definitely, definitely, definitely one to have on your radar. One hundo. Um, Lauren. Jessica. I have something exciting to tell you. Do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I only went and finished Shantaram in 2021. Shut the front door. I know. Stop it. You sent it to me in January and I finished it Did in I? December. Was it really in January? Because it, wow. it was Blue Monday that we were talking about it. And then you sent it to me the next week. So it was literally January to oh December. Oh my goodness. Did you enjoy it? I did. I can like so see why it's your favorite book. Okay. And um, I had a little revelation. Revelation. <laughs> that was really hard to say. Um, only in December when I was reading it. Like even though I'd yeah. been reading it that whole time, it kind of took yeah. me getting towards the end of the book to be like, oh my God. So as we've said before, numerous times on this podcast now, I'm not going to go into the synopsis of Shantaram. Um, it's based on true events in the author's life. It's not like a um, memoir or anything, but it's kind of based on true events. And yeah. it kind of, and he's admitting all these crimes. <laughs> I know. And it made me think about Bella Mackey's book, How to Kill Your Family, which um, we have a whole episode about, go and listen to that. It's called How yes. to Kill Your Family. Um, and the character in that is essentially confessing all of her crimes in intricate details. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that's exactly what's yeah. happening in Shantra. <laughs> Except he's a real life human being doing it. And it's totally fine. Whereas Grace in How to Kill Your Family is made up. So it's okay for her to just do that. Yeah. Disclaimer, that's- he doesn't kill his family, but he's by no means a, a saint. Well, I watched a There's YouTube a lot of video. Shit going on. Did you? It's so funny. He goes, "Hi, RGD here, or Robert Gregory Davis, whatever his yeah. name is," and he goes, "Right, question. I always get asked these questions. Is Shantaram based on my real life?" And he goes, hmm. and then like lists loads of crimes. Be like, "Was I a drug addict? Yes. Did I break out of prison? Yes. Did I do this? Yes. Did I do this? No. Did I do this? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? You're admitting it all again." <laughs> I know I've never really looked into it because I don't want to spoil it for myself but I do often question like how the hell did he get away with that he's broken out from a high like just a prison and he's on the run and he's bloody published a book and he tells everyone where he sits in the local bar that he goes to every night you know what I mean crazy he's like I broke out and here I am Woo-hoo. 
<laughs> and I had recently watched, watched there's a two part on Netflix that's about um, the great train robbery where they stole oh, like yeah. a million pounds Dublin. off of the Royal Mail train. Yeah, yeah. And it, the first part is like you look at it from the criminal's point of view and it's like all about the criminals and like planning crime and doing the crime. And then the second episode is from the detective's point of view, trying to figure them all out. And I just thought a life on the run is exhausting. Not for you. I don't think I could enjoy it. It's just like not worth doing the crime. Or if you do the crime, just do the time because you can't enjoy your life. You should be looking over your shoulder the whole time. All the time, I know. But or not if you're he does. RGD or whatever his name is. <laughs> He's like, Hello. <laughs> um, so anyway um, completing it completing it mate well done I can't wait to get the book back um, and keep it this time um, well done for finishing it and now you can get excited with me for when the series comes out okay, true. In, well I don't know when it's going to come out it's Apple have bought the rights for it and I think production was stopped because of Covid and how Ugh. awful Covid was in India and but they have said they're going to pick up filming in 2022 and I think there's rumors that they're not going to film it in India they're going to have to film it in like Thailand or somewhere because Covid is just so um you know ridiculous in India at the moment um so that's something to look forward to in 2022 and speaking of Jess that nicely segues me into my next question for you have you got any resolutions for this year well when (laughs) when I moved house last Christmas Mm. I found a piece of paper where I'd written 20 things I wanted to achieve in 2020 okay this is written (laughs) pre-pandemic and instead of having like big news resolutions I was just going to write small little changes I didn't have to do them every day but like kind of slowly work on them and I found the list at the end of 2020 I was like wow okay and also reading them back I'm an absolute nut job um and I've got it here so I thought I still I've looked at it and I've still only achieved five so they're probably gonna (laughs) they're gonna progress with me into 2020 yeah so they've been with me for 2020 2021 and now we're going into 2020 um so the first one was 20 minutes reading before bed each night achievable did it my next one was chew my food more Jokes. and I haven't I haven't achieved it no, because I haven't. still inhale my food <laughs> should be an easy thing to achieve I haven't it's coming into 2022 um no eating after 8 30 p.m oh haven't we did it for it. a little while I did when I when we read Moody yeah, when I was read Moody. so good and we need to talk about that book on here actually we do at some point we do. Maybe I should episode. probably reread it and then I'll stop eating after 8 30 pm. Yeah, should we both reread it? I'm okay. I'm up for rereading it. Let's do it. I've got so many tabs in it, I could probably just flip to all of them. Yeah. Um next one is swear less. Listen of the podcast will know I haven't achieved that one. Um wear my jewelry more often. 2020, that didn't happen. I had nowhere to go. 2021, I was like, I've got nowhere to go, but I might as well put some rings on. So we did we're getting there. Yeah, and we do have a little Monica Veneda discount code, which we'll whack in the comments because good one. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. I've achieved the next two. We'll skip past those. Uh, cook new meals. The pandemic, I was just kind of eating what I could to stay alive when there was like nothing in the supermarkets. And then from there, I was treating myself to a takeaway every Friday night. <laughs> Not cheap. Um, another one that 
podcast listeners will know I haven't achieved is to stop saying like. Ah, uh, yeah, that I, that should be on my list too. I feel and, like we um, need to be back in our A level English lit class where he wouldn't let us say the word like. Yes, I yes. can't remember what his name was, but um, he would he would help us. That guy, yeah. What the hell is his name? I think I we just no used idea. to call him Gatsby at one point because we learned about Gatsby with him. It's not his and name. And then Catsby. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Anyway, um, make more of an effort with appearance hasn't been achieved. Um, eat smaller portions hasn't been achieved. So we've still got a lot to work on. Um, so that's what I'm going to be working towards in 2020. We're an evolving project, yes. You can't fix it all in one year. Do you know what I mean? So basically not being a greedy, lazy, foul-mouthed <laughs> bitch. I don't think you're any of those things apart from I just swore twice. <laughs> oh, um, but I am really pleased that last year I completed my classics challenge. I, I oh, had yes. a few pretty classics and I was like, is there a waste not being read? So I said I was going to yeah. read one every month. And I did. Actually, I read two well in one month, so I read 13. So even though well. I can't chew my food well, I read 13 classics. Lauren, mm. are yours any more sane? Have you got any New Year's <laughs> resolutions? Um, what are my New Year's resolutions? I mentioned this in our in my um 2021 reading roundup I don't like setting myself reading challenges yeah. of like I'm gonna read you know x amount of books this year because oh yeah um I I you know this for us is for fun like reading yeah. is for fun so I never want it to feel like it's a chore or something I have to do and I only want to do it when I want to do it so I'm keeping with that this year and I want to make sure that my reading time is enjoyable time not you know something I have to do to be productive yeah you don't want it to feel um, like homework no, exactly. Or like a and rush at the end of the year if you haven't got there. Like, yeah, yeah I'm exactly. so with you. You shouldn't be like, oh, if you're tired and feel like, oh, but I should be reading. I just don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Um, you should just do what you want when you want. Um, so there's that. And then this year, as many will know, I'm a yoga teacher. And when you teach yoga, you te- like your whole yoga practice, your personal practice tends to become just the moments you're teaching like I teach four times a week so there's not a huge amount of time for me to actually have my own practice so I (laughs) I don't know if this is achievable but I'm going to try and do 365 days of yoga and that might just be like five minutes in the morning a few cat cows and stretches or 10 minutes if I've got time or you know just in between meetings so that I can actually build back up my own practice on my mat again because I do miss that that's a great idea and yet my my neighbor has said that she wants to do gardening every day and she's been like that's if I one day literally just go out and pick up three weeks pick up a week that's fine yeah. like I've done exactly. something that adds value so yeah if you just like got five minutes before my next meeting quick stretch exactly good one is that all yeah of them? I think so yeah they, they, that's it maybe drink more water but because I am a dehydrated bitch. So that would um, be helpful. That's one I don't need help with because I am a dirty little slut for water all the time. <laughs> oh, I forgot that not everyone knows about that. There was this meme once, right? You know, sometimes when you're drinking water really tickled and me. you just become a dirty little slut for water and you can't stop <laughs> drinking it and you like down a whole glass, right? 
never has a meme spoken to me so much. (laughs) So now when me and my boyfriend do that, we chant DLS at the other one. (laughs) Honestly, I, I... it I'm is like, so true about you. Every time we go out together, you've always got a bag big enough to hold your Chili's water bottle. Yeah, and like right now, a pint of water always on the go. So um, I'll take inspiration from you. Yeah, the aim there is to Lauren is to become a dirt little slut for water. <laughs> Check back in, that's Jenny Jenny. Too. I don't think I've come across very well in this episode. I think I'm absolutely Coming across as a neurotic um, slut. I mean, that, mouth. I think that's what I am. Anyway, 2022 is looking to be a very good one for reading. It Plus really all is. of these little goals we've got going on. We've yes. just got, we've been sent so many exciting proof copies at the moment. That I don't even know yes. what to do with myself. And Lauren. a lot of them are coming out in sort of Q1, Q2. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got early copies of Beth O'Leary's new book, The No Show, which is out in April, oh. which holy moly I'm so excited for and wonder I wonder Jess our first episode on this podcast was Beth O'Leary's new book last year The Road Trip I wonder if that's still one of our most listened to podcast episodes I wonder if that will be surpassed this year Mm. there's a lot of anticipation for it there is the Mm. synopsis sounds good it's like it's not her usual her usual is two characters and a dual narrative but this one has three actually maybe potentially four if you count one of them lauren you want to drop the sun up for us i really do here we go 8.52, Siobhan was surprised when Joseph suggested a breakfast date. She normally sees him late at night in her hotel room. Breakfast with Joseph on Valentine's Day surely means something. So where is he? 14.43, Miranda's hoping that a Valentine's Day lunch with Carter will be the perfect way to celebrate her new job. She's been dating Carter for five months now and things are getting serious. But why hasn't he shown up? 16.30, Joseph carter agreed to be jane's fake boyfriend at a colleague's engagement party they've not known each other long but their friendship is fast becoming the brightest part of her new life in winchester joseph promised to save jane tonight but he's not here meet joseph carter that is if you can find him god it's gonna be good i don't even know which women i'm rooting for yet i really enjoy the film what's it called you know the one that's got cameron diaz and two other women in it and they're all dating the same guy oh is it the ugly truth or something like that i don't know but it's really really good i'm kind of he's just not that into you maybe not that one i know the one you mean yeah i mean i feel like that's probably i'm probably gonna end up envisioning the characters as their faces i reckon do you remember um when the publishers sent us this book we had to do a little quiz to see which character we would be do you yeah. remember which character you were? I was, I actually got split. I was um, both Jane and Miranda. And then I just told them Miranda, which was lucky because then I got a green book and <laughs> I'm the green one of book records, which must mean I that you were Siobhan. One. I was and then Siobhan, you were the pink one. Who sounds like a dirty little slut, not going to lie. <laughs> she does. She does. And I think I think I went with Miranda. I was like split between Jane and Miranda, and one of them is like a quiet introvert. And I think maybe works for charities. That is very me. But then there was the Miranda side of me that was maybe a bit neurotic. And I was like, I'm torn between these two personas. 
Well, that is one we should definitely. Yes, I am excited. Another one I am ludicrously excited about is the sequel for Dial A for Aunties. So, oh my God. I have talked about Dial A for Aunties before in an episode. Um, it's such a hilarious book. It's about a woman called Medi who accidentally kills someone and her four overbearing aunties help her to hide the body and the crime. It's so tense and so, so funny and lovable characters. And the sequel is Four Aunties and a Wedding. And it sounds like they're going to be getting overly involved in Medi's wedding. And I just can't wait to be reunited with the gang. Can't wait. And that one's out in April too, isn't it? God, yeah. It's going to be a big month. Big month. Yeah, so we just need to get through these cold, bleak months and get to sunny April with all these new book releases. (laughs) I'm just joking though, because we have got Wahala comes out in January. If you haven't listened to that podcast episode yet, go and listen to it and then pre-order slash buy. I think it comes out on the 5th of Jan. So what like you should be pre-ordering that now. Yeah, and it's going to be with you in like a day or two if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. <laughs> if not, it's out. Go, go by. Um, we're also excited for Cleopatra and Frankenstein by Coco Mellers, which I believe comes out in February and is for readers of Modern Lovers and Conversations with Friends. That's us. And is described as an addictive, humorous and poignant debut novel about the shock waves caused by one couple's impulsive marriage. That sounds so good. Yeah. Also, I just love the title and I also love the author's name. Like there's just so much about this. So much, yeah. Well, the two main characters are called Cleo and Frank. So that's why it's Cleopatra and Frankenstein. Love that. Um, I can't believe that I've got an early copy of Young Mungo which is written by Douglas Stewart, who won the Booker Prize for his last amazing book, Shuggy Bane, which was a masterpiece. And this one has been described as another emotionally powerful and compassionate portrayal of sexuality in communities set in urban Glasgow as two young men on either side of a sectarian divide start to develop feelings for each other. So pop that in your radar if you love Shuggy. And if you haven't read that one, read it now in prep. Not that there are series, yeah. but you might as well just explore Douglas Stewart's world because it's fantastic. Yeah, that's some homework for you. Well, I <laughs> hope you love this next one as much as you did the first, his yeah, first book. Me too. I'm going in with high expectations, which isn't always a good thing, but I, <laughs> I feel like this will be fine. I'm, I'm, safe. I'm in safe hands. It's all going to be good. Yeah. you so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then subscribe leave a rating and review and leave a nickname on your review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to know that you've enjoyed it and why not share us with your reading buddy too and if you don't already you can follow us on instagram at book recos for funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here